Hello, my loves. Nice to be back here with all of you. Uh, it's been a beautiful week. Gorgeous weather here in New York City. I hope wherever you are, you are also enjoying gorgeous weather. Except Kanye. Fuck that guy. I hope it's raining wherever he is. You know, I for years, I have really liked Kanye West. And I have defended Kanye West. I've enjoyed his music, for sure. I think his music is great. It's fallen off a little bit in the past few years, right? And his his best work was from like 2002 to 2010, call it. But it's still good. And his tweets are entertaining. And often he says things that are interesting and insightful, except when the guy goes on an anti-Semitic rant because I don't have tolerance for that at all. And neither should you. You know, one, one of the uh, listeners to the show, a loyal listener, messaged me and asked a, an interesting question. Why has the Republican Party seemingly aligned themselves with Kanye West and failed to distance themselves from this latest outburst? Why has no one condemned this anti-Semitic outburst? There is not a good explanation for it. Unless it is that the GOP wants to be allied with him because he's rich and black, and so they like that it sort of rounds out the identity of the party, maybe. Seems very plausible to me. Maybe it's that they don't condemn him because they know that much of the Republican Party base agrees with him. That anti-Semitism is so rampant that why bother condemning the anti-Semite even if you don't agree with him? And half of them do agree with him. Do you think Marjorie Taylor Greene likes Jews? Do you think Lauren Boebert likes Jews? Is that her name? Got to Google that. I don't know her name. Lauren Boebert. Yeah, that's her name. Of course they don't. So why would they condemn anti-Semitism from this stupid fuck? Like what? What? What is happening with this guy? Is it that he, his wife dumped him, and he's so broken up about it that he just decided to go on an anti-Semitic rant? Is that what it is? His wife dumped him, and so he hates Jews. I, I mean, like I don't know. Because until that, I would have said there's something intriguing about the guy because his vision is unique and it's esoteric. He's designing clothing and shoes that are not like anything else out there. And it's stuff that, I mean, I look at the, the shoes and I'm like, those are hideous, but people are buying them in huge, huge numbers. They're hideously ugly. And so it, 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 there's a, a, a something about this that reminds me of Donald Trump 
in a way. And I'm not talking about him saying stuff and no one condemning it. What I mean is that what where I see the similarity is that they they both said things that are unorthodox. They've both they've both created things that were unorthodox. And all along people tried to control them. Whether it was the sneaker companies, the fashion businesses, whether it was Trump's advisors, they tried to control him. Every time they thought he had gone off the deep end, they did it with both of these guys. They tried to reel them back in. They were afraid of the unorthodox. They were afraid to let them be themselves. So I understand the feeling that Kanye perceives he's being controlled and manipulated somehow. I get it. That doesn't excuse going on the rant that he did. That's not acceptable. And just because Trump's advisors try to control Trump doesn't excuse the fact that he's done some really bad stuff. It doesn't excuse the fact that he tried to interfere with the peaceful transition of power after the previous presidential election. And this is not to excuse the other side of things, right? I can point to Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and all these other fucking imbeciles, and I am sure that they hate Jews. But we also know that AOC and Rashida Tlaib or whatever the fuck her name is, we know these idiots hate Jews too. It seems that anti-Semitism is universal, but just because it's universal doesn't excuse Kanye. We must condemn it from wherever it comes. Now raises an interesting question, like how do you separate the art from the artist? Is it somehow immoral to listen to Michael Jackson's music, because we know what Michael Jackson got up to. What about R. Kelly or any of these guys? Is that immoral? Are you supposed to boycott the music because the artist was of questionable morals? Are we supposed to stop streaming Kanye? That'd be a bummer. I mean, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is a great album. So is the, the video for it. But fuck that guy. I want to listen to the music of someone who doesn't hate Jews. You know, let me, let me read exactly, let me read it out loud exactly what Kanye wrote. He wrote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going Death Con 3 on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone, whoever opposes your agenda. Death Con 3. I, I guess he's trying to refer to the state of nuclear preparedness, DEFCON. He spelled it differently, right? In, in, in government, it's spelled D-E-F-C-O-N. DEFCON 3 would be like a middle-of-the-road state of awareness or preparedness for, for, for a nuclear war. 
That's a, a common mistake. People say, we're going to DEFCON 5 or something. DEFCON 5 is like the lowest level of preparedness. DEFCON 1 is the highest level. So Kanye is going death. He spelled D-E-A-T-H, like, like kill. He's going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. I don't know what that means, but implies he wants to attack Jewish people. It certainly is going to provide fodder and motivation for those who do feel that way and those who do want that and want to justify that feeling. I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. I don't know what that means. Is that like a reference to the black Israelite movement, maybe? And then this trope, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. This, this trope, this anti-Semitic trope that Jews control the world and that they've tried to blackball him. Fuck you, you stupid asshole. Just perpetuating these horrific ideas what a fucking moron because until this i really defended the guy i actually when 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 he pointed out when he wore this white lives matter shirt and pointed out how crazy and corrupt the black lives matter movement is i went yeah i nodded in agreement boy was that a weird moment when people just wrote billions of dollars in checks to a movement that had no purpose, no goal, didn't do anything except enrich a handful of folks. That was a weird one. That didn't help black people at all. And I defended the guy. I mean, I don't, he wore that shirt to his daughter's basketball game. And like, you know what? It's your daughter. Let it be her moment. Don't make it about you. It's very narcissistic. I try not to do that. I try not to make my son's baseball games about me. Let him be the center of attention. I make just about every other moment about me. That's just, I guess I'm a narcissist too. But fuck this guy. There's just no excuse for it. On uh, the last episode, we talked a lot about ESG investing. And I got follow-up questions after that, which I hadn't anticipated those particular questions, but I should have. And, and really, the main thread of the questions was, do I think ESG investing is a good idea or a bad idea? And I think for a long time, I would have said the simple answer, the like shortened answer is bad idea. But the more I've thought about it, the more I think that there are pros and cons, and I'll explain. There's nuance to it. The idea of an investment manager, especially a large investment manager, trying to impose its values on the broader economy. I don't like that. 
right? I don't love the idea that BlackRock is going to decide what is and is not socially acceptable. I don't love that idea. That's a, that's a bad idea. But if you are BlackRock and you are invested in the entire economy, if you are invested in every single stock, then the risk factor for you, and we touched on this on the last episode, the risk factor for you is not that one company in an industry does well and another does poorly. The risk factor is that the entire world does poorly. And so the risk factors you are considering are different. If you are deciding, should I invest in Delta Airlines or United? And it's one or the other. You're going to evaluate which one has a CEO who's smarter and a better strategy and better assets and what stock has a better valuation. And then you're going to make a decision. But the risk factors you're evaluating are company specific first. That's what matters most. But if you're buying stock in every single airline, what matters to you is the state of the entire world travel industry. What matters to you is emissions regulations all around the world. And so the risk factors you are evaluating are different when your investments are more diversified. And if that's the case, it makes sense to consider those risk factors. And if a risk factor is the sea level is rising, you got to consider the environment. Now, of course, there's a whole, I, I, I don't know, is, is it, is it uh, uh, climate change is causing, like we, I'm not getting into that now. But those are the risk factors you need to evaluate. And that's a rational thing to do. And so if you are a, massive investment manager who is diversified and that's what you're considering that makes sense that's sensible if you're doing it because you want to impose your values your shifting values that are tied to whichever way the wind's blowing and you want to try to impose those on the broader economy i don't like that that feels undemocratic to me we elect politicians to reflect the values and choices that we make as a society. Not for the CEO of BlackRock to do that. I don't like that. I don't like the idea that these, these values, this ESG, it's such a vague and nebulous term. And it's ever-shifting. Right, So one week it's good to invest in clean energy companies and oil is bad, but suddenly we're at war with Russia and so oil investments are good now because the environment isn't the issue. It's being able to fight off the Russians and, and, and supporting uh, uh, oil companies outside of Russia. That's the good thing. You know what? That, like... There's not enough consistency in that. There's not enough consistency for the businesses to make good operating decisions because the capital isn't stable. There's not enough consistency for the, the society to react to this. 
So I, from that perspective, I think ESG investing is pretty fucking stupid. And so to answer the question that I've gotten a bunch of times since last week, there's pros and cons. It's not, there's, there's a sort of nuance to this that has to be considered, I think. And I guess there is to everything, right? Fine. But I'm, I wanted to make sure I addressed that since I've gotten a bunch of questions from folks about it. And I think that there is, there, there's not a ton of nuance in the way it is talked about. You have, like in Texas, ESG investing is essentially outlawed. If you invest in a business or, or refuse to invest in a business to reflect a social value, that's outlawed in Texas, which I'm sure that law will be overturned because it impinges on the First Amendment. It's a stupid law, but there's, there's no subtlety to that. There's no nuance to that. It, it treats the entire thing as black and white. Either you're for or you're against ESG investing. And I, I think you just have to consider the nuance here. The uh, families of the kids killed in Sandy Hook got a big jury award this week from Alex Jones, a billion dollars or so, which, I mean, they're not going to get a billion dollars from him. They'll get something, but they ain't going to get a billion dollars from him. It's amazing to me how seemingly influential Alex Jones has been in the American discourse. I mean, really, he, this guy, there, there, there was an interesting piece in the New York Times, a very strongly worded piece in the New York Times after the, the verdict yesterday. And there's a, a paragraph that I want to read. Two paragraphs, actually. It says, His staunch support for former President Donald J. Trump, who appeared on Mr. Jones's show while a Republican candidate for president, ushered Mr. Jones from the extremist fringe to the center of Trump-era Republican politics. He has had a role in spreading virtually every incendiary lie to dominate headlines over the past decade, including Pizzagate, the false claim that Democrats trafficked children from a Washington pizzeria, the Great Replacement Theory that ignited deadly neo-Nazi violence in Charlottesville, Virginia, COVID vaccine lies, and the 2020 presidential election falsehoods that brought a violent mob to the Capitol on January 6, 2021. So it's kind of amazing how influential this guy has been on the discourse amongst a certain group in this country. So what is it that's so appealing? Is it that he's saying something that is so true? Is it that he's saying something that is so wacky? Is it that he's so entertaining? Is he charismatic? Like, what is it that gets people to tune in? I would posit some of its charisma some of it is 
creating a a vibe that he's telling he's letting you in on a secret. Right? Put yourself in the shoes of the guy in Nebraska listening to Alex Jones. It's a total abstraction to you. What he's talking about. Democrats trafficking children in a pizzeria in Washington, D.C. Total abstraction. You are so far removed from the corridors of power, both physically, geographically, economically, you are so far removed from those corridors of power but you perceive that something is going wrong in this country. And someone who's willing to put a voice to that and say, yeah, the people who are in charge, things are going wrong, and the people who are in charge are bad people, and here's the bad stuff they're doing. No matter how fucking wacky it sounds, that's a good narrative. That plays well. And he's clearly got a knack for it. But he also went too far with the Sandy Hook thing. And he terrorized these people, these families. Now, I've I've made staunch arguments in support of the Second Amendment. Even in the face of mass shootings, I have made staunch arguments in support of the Second Amendment. But there's a, 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 a... big delta between I support the Second Amendment and this was a staged event and these are crisis actors. Because that's what he argued. He argued that the whole thing was fake. That these parents who lost their children in the most tragic thing, could you imagine losing a six-year-old child? They go off to school and they're killed. I mean, could you imagine? So horrible. And these parents lose their children. And this guy has the balls to say they faked it, that they were crisis actors. Fuck that guy, too. Fuck Kanye and fuck this guy. I hope he does pay them a billion dollars. But it's still interesting to consider what it is that is making him so appealing. Why is Alex Jones so appealing? What is going so badly in this country that people want to hear a voice like his? Is it the fact that we we gutted entire towns and industries to ship factories and jobs to China? Is it that not having a college degree means that you're kind of left behind? And those jobs are gone. And so you've seen this sort of up-leveling happening around you, and the opportunities available to you are diminished. And what did we get in exchange? We sent them jobs. They sent us COVID. I guess that's the narrative that appeals to folks there's something to that and then the 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 powers that be in this country our elected politicians 
fucked up the response to COVID so badly at every single stage while simultaneously working with the traditional media and social media to censor any opposing voice, locking down entire cities and the entire country, the entire world for months was devastating and stupid. Now, I'll give some benefit of the doubt because it wasn't immediately obvious that COVID was far more dangerous to the elderly than to everybody. But then it took months for our incompetent FDA to approve the vaccines to the point where by the time they came out, they didn't do shit anymore. So the New York Times can write about Alex Jones and COVID vaccine lies. I'm not quite sure what they're referring to there. But if you if you suggested on social media that the COVID vaccine wasn't all it was cracked up to be, you were either kicked off of Twitter or flagged as a purveyor of misinformation, whatever the fuck that means. So yeah, I understand why people feel like they need a voice. Someone that isn't talking to them and sounding like one of the, quote, elites. I understand why that resonates. I get it. I really do. But that doesn't change the fact that Alex Jones fucked up and he harmed people by spreading these horrible lies. So fuck this guy. So marijuana possession has been legalized in like, I don't know, 39 states now or something. President Biden this week gave a pardon to everyone who is in prison, federal prison for marijuana possession. I don't know. How many people could that be? Like, do you still actually go to prison for marijuana possession? Maybe if it was like a three strikes thing. I I mean, I, I, I don't know. Seems like a big punishment for it. And I, I guess I have, I have mixed emotions about this because on the one hand, I'm very sympathetic to users. I'm very sympathetic to addicts. In fact, I'm empathetic with addicts because I am a recovering addict. I've been sober 22 years. I don't sit here in judgment of people who are grappling with addiction. But on the other hand, I recognize that there is a very good reason why we have tried to stamp out drug use in this country, because I know that it is detrimental to society. When you sit around smoking pot all day, it makes you unproductive. It makes you stupid. And harder drugs, cocaine and heroin, are, are devastatingly addictive and lethal. They are dangerous, right? We, we talked about just a, a few minutes ago, why do people like Alex Jones? Because they've lost their jobs and then they've been stuffed full of opiates and marijuana because it makes you dumb and docile. So you'll shut the fuck up and do whatever you're told. Drugs are damaging to the fabric of 
society. They are dangerous. And I include alcohol in that same category. Alcohol is widely legal. I mean, yeah, you need to be like 21 or whatever, but you can get it everywhere. What percentage of men who commit violence against women, beating their wives or their girlfriends or worse, what percentage of those instances do you think alcohol is involved? How often do you think they're drunk? I would guess that it is close to 100% of the time. I have a lot of confidence in the statement that alcohol leads to violence against women. And smoking pot may not make you beat your wife, but it makes you a fucking imbecile. You know, I walked past a FedEx truck the other day, you know, one of, one of the delivery trucks. Now, in the past year, I have tried to send multiple packages through FedEx, through UPS, through the U.S. Postal Service, and receive things. And I can't tell you how many of those have gotten lost. It's many. Many things have gotten lost. And I walked past this FedEx truck the other day, and the driver is just sitting in the back. The packages are stacked up on the street, and he's just sitting there smoking a joint. Do you think that helps him deliver those packages to the right apartment? He's sitting there smoking a joint the way someone would stand around smoking a cigarette back in the day. Nobody really smokes cigarettes anymore. But he's sitting there doing that. Do you think he's doing a better job when he's smoking pot? No fucking way. The smell of marijuana smoke is the smell of social decay. Now, I wrote a piece in July about legalized marijuana, and I said that I believe we will regret it. I believe that it is making people stupid. Now, that doesn't mean the war on drugs was a great success. Obviously, it was not. But when you have people sitting around getting stoned all day, when you can't walk down the street with your kids without them being bombarded with marijuana smoke. Something is going wrong. It is fucking gross. And we have these stores now on every block selling bongs and selling pot. All the, the, the related chazarai that goes with it, all the accessories. And it's not the only sinful activity that we have legalized. And I'm not some prude, but it is not the only sinful activity we have legalized. We have made a push to legalize sin in this country. We are going to regret it. You cannot watch a sporting event now without being bombarded with ads for gambling. That's not going to go well. Now, there are other social changes that were long overdue. It drives me insane. It is embarrassing that gay marriage was illegal for so long. What a catastrophic failure of civil rights and American society. So I'm not sitting here telling you that all of these social changes are bad. But I really believe that we are going to lose a lot of folks and a lot of productivity to legalize drugs and legalize gambling. And it's a real shame. That's it for now. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can find more on Substack, leebrestler.substack.com. Please sign up to become a paid subscriber, but just keep coming back. That's the most important thing. But you also become a paid subscriber. And we'll be back with more soon.